Hello and welcome to the Gathering Church at Home, week six. My name is John Mark Redwine and I'm the lead pastor. This is my daughter, Eleanor Rose, and we're so honored to welcome you into our backyard here in beautiful Hendersonville, North Carolina. If you're joining us online today for the first time, then uh, let me just say welcome. We're so honored that you checked us out, that, that you're worshiping with us here today. And uh, if, if you're here in our area of Western North Carolina, then do me a favor and fill out one of our Connect cards. I know that with everything being digital now, it can be really, really easy to just click in, click out, not ever be noticed or seen. But we believe that the church is a family and we're going to talk a lot more about that today. And anyways, we would just love the opportunity to connect with you, to say hi, thanks for stopping by, and, and, uh, and get to know you a little bit. We promise not to spam your inbox. We'll just reach out to say hi. So if you'd like that, go ahead and fill out one of those online connect cards right now so that we can welcome you here with us at the Gathering Church at home. All right, honey, why don't you go run and play a little bit? <laughs> hey guys, I, I'm so excited to start a brand new series today uh, called Reboot Church. Reboot Church. We have been rebooting everything over the last few weeks, haven't we? You've probably been on your phone so much that it keeps bogging down from all the, all the time you've been using it and you have to reboot your phone, turn it off and turn it back on again. I don't know a lot about technology, but I do know that the best way to fix anything is to turn it off and turn it back on again. We've been rebooting everything in the way that we function in our society. Our education system has rebooted. Now, moms and dads, congratulations, you're the teacher's aide. And our teachers are having to figure out how to, how to give education over an online platform. We, we've rebooted so much of our lives, including church. We've rebooted church. Church is virtual now. It's online. We're doing different things. And in different ways and uh, what was once built on large gatherings and programs that involved people getting together is now happening in living rooms all over our city and so this is a great time for us to talk a little bit about what we think church is not just uh, where we meet or how we meet and the things that are changing because of the current crisis but what we think church is at its core what we want to do over the next few weeks is break it down a little bit and reboot the idea of church. We believe that church was meant to be a life-giving institution, the hope of the world. That it was the very plan that Jesus established in His ministry here on earth to spread His message across the planet. And so we just want to talk for a few weeks about what that plan was. What do you think of? What comes to mind when you think about church? Is it a steeple and an organ? Is it a social club? Is it that deacon of the week who has a different color blazer for every time he gets up to read the prayer? What is it? Is it a place to practice a religion? What comes to your mind when you think about church? With church being all online now, there's a lot of people checking it out who wouldn't be otherwise. Since we've gone from meeting in person at T.C. Robertson High School to meeting online, our weekly viewership has gone up threefold. Three times as many people are watching church just with us each Sunday. The same is happening in churches all over the country. Now, I wonder why it is 
that it's so much easier for people to check out a church for the first time on the internet or, or over a video a live stream like this one than it is for them to go in person. What is it that makes us so hesitant to step foot into a church in the first place? I think the answer to that for many people is because we have the wrong ideas about a few things. So let's spend the next couple of weeks setting the record straight. Today, I want to reboot the idea that the church is a place to practice a religion. Maybe when you think about church, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It just seems practical. It seems like, isn't that what it actually is? A place where people practice religion? Religion's about rules. Religion is about good works earning you a spot. Religion's about being good enough. Does all that sound like church to you? Maybe it does. Maybe you grew up around a church that made you feel like you weren't good enough, like you had to earn your way into heaven. Maybe you felt like church was always about a set of rules to allow you to get access to heaven. I had a lot of those feelings growing up in the deep south in a traditional Christian environment. I had a great home, and honestly, there were a lot of great people in the church that I grew up in, and I've got a lot of really fond memories of growing up in a traditional Southern church. But somewhere along the way, I started to believe that church was about following the rules the right way, showing up at the right times, dressing and acting a certain way so that I could get into heaven. I remember feeling alienated by that idea. I never really felt like I was good enough. I never really felt like I fit in or belonged. I could never connect the message of Jesus with the expectations I feel like the church had for me. That's why when I was 18 years old, I didn't want anything to do with the church anymore. Maybe your story is similar. I've got good news for you today. That's not what the church is supposed to be. Church is not a place to practice a religion. Church is a place to build a relationship. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. That's the big difference in Christianity and every other religion. Every other religion is about people hesitantly working to be able to cautiously approach a deity or an idea. Christianity is about becoming a part of a family. Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. Isn't that good? My kids don't have to earn my love. I give it to them freely because they are my children. And it's the same between us and God. We can't earn His love. He gives it to us freely. Relationship, not religion. It's not earned, it's given. He gave us the right to become children and enter relationship with Him. So what we practice as a church, I believe, is not religion. It's a relationship with God. Let's reboot this idea of what the church does. As a group of people, we don't practice a religion. We build a relationship and we do it together as the church. Jesus talked a lot about what the church should be, would be, and could be. He was the one setting it up in the first place as His plan to reach the world about what He was going to do for us. 
And so if we're not a religion, but rather a place where we build a relationship, then what does that mean about what the church is and what it does? I think to find the answer, we can look at three specific things that Jesus said in John chapter 15. First, church is where we connect to the source. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Why don't you come on a little walk with me across the backyard? I got a lot of compliments on our backyard after that Easter message. And the truth is that it looks good from where you're sitting, but we still got a lot of work to do in this yard. When we bought this house last year, it was a bit of a mess back here. The folks that lived here, they, they did their best, but it, it was a pretty big property and they, uh, they just couldn't keep up with all the vines. There were vines growing everywhere. It was a big mess of vines. And my wife, Raelle, she's declared war on the vines around our house. She has been systematically destroying any vine that she could get her hands on. And the worst of it all is this English ivy. See, the ivy, it looks pretty. But what it does is it goes up the trees and it eventually chokes them out and kills them. And so we need to remove this ivy. Now maybe you've been thinking that in order to remove ivy, you gotta take it down from the top down. Now, that's not how it works. It, removing ivy from trees is actually pretty simple. You just cut it off at its source. Once you cut the branches of the vine off at their source, they begin to die. It may take a little bit of time, but they can't survive if they're not connected. Take a look at this tree behind me. You can see that we've been doing some work on it, that, that it, it's, it's been disconnected at the source and, and it's starting to turn pretty brown going all the way up the tree. It won't be long before we can just give those branches a tug and they'll come falling down. Now look at this tree over here. You may look at this one and think, hey, it looks pretty vibrant, pretty green, looks like it's thriving pretty well. We got a lot of work to do there. If I was to ask you which one of these is healthier, this one or that one, you'd probably does. You say it's this one, obviously. Well, you'd be wrong. The answer is neither. It's a trick question. This one's already been disconnected from the source. So this vine is just as dead as that vine. It just doesn't look like it yet. See, the reality is that sometimes we can be disconnected from the source and look healthy for a while that you can unplug from the things that you need that, that feed you spiritually. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. That if we want to be healthy, we need to stay connected to Him. And there's some specific ways that we do that. I believe that being a part of the church is an important part to staying connected to the vine, staying connected to Jesus and worship and prayer and studying God's Word or the other ways. And if you're not doing any of those things, you may be able to pass as healthy spiritually for a while, but you are just as dead as somebody who looks like they're a mess. You see, there's no difference if you're not connected. When Jesus talks about how important it is for the vine, to, for the branches to be connected to the vine, He's speaking directly to our need to be consistently and constantly connected to Him. And so there's a few ways that I want to talk to you about how you can do that today. First, you've got to learn how to worship. I think one of the great functions of the church is it teaches us 
how to worship, that we get that incredible moment of corporate worship where we come together on Sunday mornings and you can feel the power of the Holy Spirit moving the room. But that teaches us how to go home and worship. I think you've got to do this stuff every single day, that just as your body needs daily nourishment, not to, to wither away, that if you don't want to end up withered like that brown vine, you need daily spiritual nourishment. So don't just worship with us on Sunday. Worship at home. This season, if anything, where, where you're worshiping with us uh, online together, hopefully is teaching you that it's okay to worship in your home. Worship, like John says in Revelation 4.11, he says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. That's worship. You just worship, you sing, you, you declare and you worship in your home. I think you need worship, I think you need prayer. Prayer needs to be an important part of every day. You need prayer because a relationship requires communication. Bring God your hopes and your fears and your dreams and your disappointments. Build intimacy with God the same way you would build it with a partner or a spouse. Bearing your soul to Him in conversation is how we build intimacy and getting physically close to His presence in worship. That's how you build intimacy with God and study His words and learn from Him and get to know who He is. That's how we stay connected to the vine. I think a major role of the church is to help you build your relationship with God and stay connected by teaching you to worship and pray and read and understand scripture. That's a major role. But another role of how the church keeps you connected is by worshiping and doing all of these things together, together. James writes this as he closes out his letter. James chapter five, verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anybody happy? Let them sing songs of praise. When you're hurting and afraid, like you might be in this season, pray about it. God wants to hear it. When you are in a season of peace and joy, worship the one who is good and the source of all peace and joy. Is anyone among you sick? Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. You see, building a church, a relationship with Jesus was never meant to be a solo project. Don't spend your life social distancing. Some of us started social distancing long before the Rona came to ruin our spring. Some of us have been social distancing because we think we don't need to let people in. We don't need to let people get too close to us, that we're doing all right on our own. We can, we can get through this on our own. We don't need others. And you just couldn't be more wrong. When you live like that, here's what you're missing out on. Verse 15, and the prayer offered in faith, prayer of people praying together, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. It's about community. It's about being together. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Listen, you can find freedom. You can be healed. You can find a life that, that is bigger than the life you ever imagined for yourself. But in order to do that, you need to be connected to the source. And the church is an important part of that. This looks different right now, I know, but it's still happening. 
If you're new here and you've just been tuning in on Sundays over the last few weeks, maybe you can still feel some of that when you worship with us in unity. You can feel the togetherness of it, how, much, how it feels a little bit different. These brief moments of teaching that we all join together in each Sunday, maybe they're helping you grow. But you may not know about the countless phone calls and FaceTimes and Zoom calls happening every day between our people encouraging one another to keep growing, encouraging one another to find freedom. There's people right now living in their purpose, serving in places around our city. There's people meeting in life groups, in living rooms all over town. There's people getting together to worship over Instagram. There's people asking big questions over video chats. There's prayers that are moving mountains that are being said over the phone. You see, the church still stands. It's not canceled. It's not closed. It's happening all around us. We're staying connected to the source together, even in this season. This is who we are. We build a relationship with God by staying connected to the source and to one another. And we build a relationship with God by doing the thing He told us was the most important. The second thing is this. We love others. We love others. Maybe you grew up in or around a church where this wasn't an apparent priority. When I first gave my life to Jesus at 21 years old, I was so excited to go to a church. And so I went to the First Baptist Church in the city where I lived at the time. And I don't know why I picked that one. I think I just picked it because it had the biggest steeple and the biggest parking lot, you know. And so I went in there. I was wearing my nicest outfit at the time, which was a, a nice pair of khaki pants from Old Navy, a, a pair of leather flip-flops, and a Guy Harvey t-shirt. Yeah, that's the shirts with the pockets on them. That's how you know it's a classy t-shirt. And so I walk up to the front door and the deacon who's standing there greeting, he goes to shake my hand and he does that power move where he pulled me in a little bit closer, didn't let go of my hand. And he gave me that handshake, pulled me in. And he says, son, we dress up for church around here. Son, next time, why don't you put on a proper shirt and a pair of shoes before you come into the house of the Lord? I said, yes, sir. And I walked on in there feeling a little embarrassed about my t-shirt and my flip-flops, but I was so excited as a new believer. I was so excited to worship with God's people that, that I just went right on down to the second row and sat down so I could listen and worship and learn and be blessed. And I was just, I was just waiting on somebody to come some, be my friend. Like I just wanted a Christian friend. And next thing I knew, this lady started walking towards me. This elderly woman, she's walking with a cane. She was about 114 years old. And she started walking towards me. It wasn't a fast walk, but it was a walk. And she started coming and she got up right up next to me. I was so excited. I thought this lady's going to be my sweet. Uh, she's going to be like a grandmother figure to me. She's going to bless me, pray over me. I can't wait. She leaned in, put her hand on my back and she said, excuse me, you're in my seat. And I said, oh, okay, so sorry about that. I got up, I left that place, and I never, ever went back. Listen, if, if you've only been joining us online, maybe you don't know this yet, but you have got to join us in person when all of this ends. When, when we're able to finally worship together, you need to come see who we are, because I promise it's not that. That what you experience at the Gathering Church is about love. We, we do everything that we can to make you feel wanted and welcomed and seen and accepted to show you that this is a place where you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have everything figured out. You can come into this place just as you are and find somebody who is going to show you what it means to be a loved member of the family of God. 
We love each other. Jesus believed this was so important. He said this in John 15, My command is this, Love each other the way I have loved you. Love each other the way that I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus calls us to love sacrificially the way that he did. He had just washed everybody's feet and he said, love each other the way that I loved you. We build a relationship, not a religion, by following this command. So as a church, that's what we aim for. That's why we want you to feel at home with us no matter who you are, that we, we got a sign over our auditorium door that says, welcome home. And we put that up every Sunday when we gather together because we want you to feel at home and we want you to feel welcome. And beyond the sign, the people of our church, they communicate that through every smile, every handshake, every, every moment of eye contact. It's who we are. We love each other and that's a big part of who the church is. Love is what sets the church apart. Our love for one another, our love for our community, and our love for God. Finally, as a church, we build a relationship, not a religion, by the way we invest in others. Here's a key function of the church. Every person who is a part of it, taking responsibility to help others learn to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Jesus says this in verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. I'll give you this. Every religion makes it a point to share their beliefs with others and take others through a process of becoming a part of that religion. I know that. Maybe you're pretty familiar with that concept of church as well. It usually sounds like this. Say a prayer. Join our ranks. Look like us. Act like us. Earn a spot with us. Do these things and work your way up and follow these, these rules and we'll let you stay. That's the last thing that I want to reboot with you this morning. Because here's where Christianity is different. Jesus didn't say, you choose me and work hard to choose me. Jesus says, I chose you. I chose you. Most religions start with us doing something in order to earn our way in. Christianity says, you could never earn your way in, and so Jesus did it for you. He chose you. He wanted a relationship with you, and He wants you to stay connected with Him so you can bear fruit, in other words, so that you can help others understand what this means. That's why at the gathering we talk about a simple spiritual pathway that you can follow. The first step is just to know God. This sets us apart. Just as you are, without any qualifications, without any checklist, without getting your, your act together, without doing everything right, just as you are, you can know God and have a real relationship with Him. And then, once you know God, after you know God, then we want to help you find freedom. Here's where we, the church, really begin to invest in others. 
Because once you find freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from your hang-ups, your habits, the ways of thinking that have always held you back, the things that have kept you from being who you were made to be, once you find freedom from that, which you will and which you can find freedom from that, because Jesus promised that He would set you free. And He says the church is the place. It happens in community. Once you find freedom from all the things that get in the way from us finding peace, and fulfillment and joy. It says in Isaiah 61 that Jesus would come to set the captives free and use us to rebuild the ancient ruins long devastated in others. Listen, once you find freedom, then you get to take an active role in helping others find freedom. This is what the church is. This is why it's about relationship, not religion. It's about me walking in and saying, I've got a lot that is holding me back. I'm wrapped up in chains. I'm trapped in a cage. Can somebody help me? And the church says, I'm here. I'm here. I'll help you. I've been there. I've walked through it. Here's my mask is gone. This is my mess. Let me help you through yours. And then you work your way to finding freedom. And now you get to be the one. When somebody walks in and says, I'm hurting, I need help, I'm wrapped up in chains, you get to say, hey, I was there. I know what it feels like. I can help you. Let me lead you to find freedom. We invest in others. We help people discover their purpose, to discover their unique gifts, the the things that make them who they are. Ephesians 2.10 says, You are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works prepared in advance for you to do. And we help people discover what those purposes are, those good works that God had in mind, what what they are. And and then we use them to help others learn to know God and find freedom and discover their purpose. And we just keep doing it. And we keep making more and more differences in more families and in more people's hearts around our city and around our community. And we'll use that purpose to invest in others and serve within the church. And all of us will use our gifts together so we can take this message of who Jesus is and what the church is to as many people as possible. And that's what the church is. See, I I would like to reboot religion this morning and replace it with something better. To reboot church, to reboot the idea of religion in church and replace it with relationship. Relationship's better. If you're watching today and you'd like to have a relationship with Jesus, maybe you've tried religion and it didn't work and and you you were over it. Maybe you were well over it and since all of this crisis and turmoil has taken over our world, you've been tuning in a little bit, just curious. I want you to know that today you can have relationship with the one who made you. All of this is available to you. You can connect to the source it's, it's, it's available. And all you have to do is just make that decision. See, he did all the work. That's what last weekend was about. The cross and the resurrection is about Jesus doing the work so that you can have that relationship. If that's you today, just hit your knees right now, wherever you are, and just say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I give you all that I am. Forgive me for trying to do this on my own. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my mistakes. Forgive me. I believe in you and I believe that you have done the work to make me whole and to make me new. And so I follow you today. I give you everything that I am from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 
Amen. Wow. If you just made that decision, go ahead. If you're, if you're, um, if you're on Facebook, man, let us know in the comments. If you're on our, our lives.gatherashville.org, make sure you do that. Raise the hand there in the bottom. Listen, we want to celebrate this with you. And if you don't want to do either of those things, that's fine. But please do this. Go and fill out a Connect card right now. Let us know that, that you've made this decision so we can be your family and help you take your next steps. That Connect card is available to everybody. If you've got prayer requests, you've got needs, you've got things that, that, uh, that you would like to connect with us over, just fill out one of those Connect cards and a member of our team will reach out to you. We also believe that giving is worship and now is a good time to worship through giving. See, we believe that when we give, that what happens is it takes money out of that first seat in our hearts, that, that place of security and safety, and it bumps it down and gives God back His position in the first place of our hearts. And so if the Gathering Church is blessing you, if this is your home, then we encourage you to partner with us in giving. And you can give online, you can text to give. There's a few different ways that you can do that even in this season. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Let me close one more time in prayer as we go out. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the source, that you are good, and that from you comes life, God. We need the life that you offer. We need the peace and the joy and the comfort that you offer now more than ever. And so, God, we just worship you and we, we connect with you and, and we pursue a relationship with you because you are all we need, Father God. I just I pray blessing over every person watching this right now, that you'd give them favor, that you'd give them comfort, that you'd give them peace, that you'd give them healing, that you'd give them provision in this season. We worship you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being a part of our worship gathering today, guys. We can't wait to be with you again next week.